Right, yeah, Offering Sunday. We always say there'll be less people in church on Offering Sunday than there's on Vision Sunday. But well done if you got here. Well done if you're here, you're committed to the cause. Um, you know, last week I shared about getting rooted. This year, I want to encourage you, hunger for the word of God. Hunger for Jesus and what that looks like for you. Um, God is faithful, amen? And he doesn't let us down. So I want to encourage you to hunger for him. Um, last week, as I mentioned, I talked about the roots. I gave an illustration of roots going down into the ground. And it takes time for roots to go down. Today, I want to share about a seed that we can put into our lives. An offering, I believe, as we take an offering this morning, I believe that money is like a seed. And it is invested into what we do as a church. And I'll say at the end what, where that's going to go. But I believe we can put seeds in our lives. And I want to give you some seeds this morning. Is that okay? That you can take... We're going to take a seed at the end, right? It's an offering. But you can take some seeds for yourself and put these into your life. And if you sow these, I believe you'll bear fruit. Is that okay? So I'm going to read a scripture from Galatians 6, 7 to 10. It says this, Do not be deceived. That tells us we can be deceived. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. This is a good opening sentence, isn't it? This is cheery. God cannot be mocked. In other words, we can't kid God. God knows all things, right? We're only kidding ourselves if we tell ourselves lies. Don't deceive yourselves. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. You know, it's quite a challenging scripture that Paul gave to the church, the Galatian church. And he was trying to teach them on how to walk and how to sow. You can sow according to the flesh, which is not the way of God. It leads to hurting people, upsetting people. It leads to destruction. Or you can sow according to God, which leads to life. It leads to love because that's who God is. God is love. And we have a choice what we decide. Do we so according to our flesh, and we could do a whole session on this, or do we so according to our spirit, or God's spirit, or God's word? And it is your choice what you do with your life. You know, sometimes, have you ever heard this saying, you throw a pebble in the water, and the ripples go on? Have you ever heard that? People say, the ripples of that pebble that you throw in will last and carry on and have repercussions. The fact is, it doesn't. It sinks to the bottom of the pond, and the ripples are gone in about 10 seconds, are they not? Have you ever thought about that? You've, have anybody heard that and gone, oh yeah, the ripples just, it's amazing what that'll do. No, it doesn't. It just ends after about 10 seconds. However, the word of God and what you sow in your life isn't like a pebble thrown in the road, in the road, in the, in the, in the pond. It is like a seed planted in soil. Okay? It's a different mindset. So whatever you sow right, is going to not just go down into truth, it's going to produce something. So, so that is inevitable, whatever you sow. So whatever you're sowing is going to produce something. Whether it's in the, in the flesh or in the spirit, it is coming. So everything of your life is accumulation of what you have sowed. N- nobody, you can say, well, somebody else sowed it into my life. Maybe that you let that seed into your life. And you can choose not to have that seed in your life any longer. So where you are right now is accumulation of everything that's been sown into you or you have chosen to sow into your life. Would you agree? 
So you have a choice. And I want to look at some seeds that I believe you can take and sow into your life. This first seed is this. The seed of your thoughts. The seed of your thoughts. You have the power and the ability to choose what you think. And how you think will then affect everything else in your life. It is in your hands. You've been given a brain and a mind to choose the way that you think. Let's read Romans. It says this, Romans 12.2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. So sometimes we've, been, we've got seeds in our mind that have come from the world's way. It says, do not be conformed to that pattern, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, is good, pleasing, and perfect will. How do I know what God's will is? By choosing to think on the word of God. Choosing to think what he says, not what my past says, not what my pain says or my situation, but what he says. And as I think on him, he will renew my mind to think as he thinks and how he sees me. And that will affect everything of how I see my situation. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Philippians 4, 8 says this. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely. Don't you love that word, lovely? You're looking lovely today. Whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So Paul is equipping us as people, you want to think on these things. If you think on these things, you will sow in the Spirit. You will walk in the Spirit as you think on these things. But sometimes we think on other things because of life. So you have a choice each day to decide, what am I going to think on? Am I going to think on what Paul says, what God wants, or am I going to think on other things? I'll leave you with that thought, but ask you these questions. What do you think about God? Do you think he's good? Or at times you think he's not so good? Do you think he wants to give you good things? He wants to give you good things. But if you doubt that goodness, then you'll doubt that life and he's going to give you... No, no, God is good, is he not? Why is this happening to me? No, God is good. I don't understand it, but I'm going to choose. This is, this is faith. Choose that God is good. I'm going to think on that. What do you think about God? What do you think about yourself? Do you think God loves you? Are you lovable? Are you beautiful? It's gone quiet. Come on. Does God think you're beautiful? Right, we've got, we believe that, but maybe you, we don't fully believe what God thinks about us. No, we're on a journey of renewal to thinking on the seed what he says, not what I say. Whatever is lovely, think on it. What do I think about people? What do I think about everybody in here? Do I like them? More importantly, does God like them? Because if God likes and I'm thinking on his thoughts, I need to change my thoughts into what his thoughts are. And if I have a problem with someone, that's my issue, not God's issue. So I need to go to what he thinks and I need to forgive them. Because otherwise what you'll do is you'll put a barrier and you're deceiving yourself. Oh, I'm okay. No, I'm okay with that person. No, you're not. You're walking around with a mask on and you're struggling to connect into the house. You're deceiving yourself. 
Take the mask off. Be real. Stop being fake. You're deceiving. You stop lying to yourself. Be truthful. God cannot be mocked. You will disconnect and feel disconnected to him and to people. Are you listening? Don't think what you think. Think what he, I feel like this. Listen, don't ignore your feelings. I get that. But let's be real with truth here. God, forgive them like God forgave you. Otherwise, you will disconnect and you'll remove yourself. And I'm going to say at the end, people jump out of the valley. And they stop producing fruit. They stop going rooted into him, into love. So how can I do that daily? Turn on the pause app. Get your pause app. Meditate on it each day. There is one simple thing you can do. Read the word in the morning and know what he says, not necessarily what just what you say. The sum of your thoughts compromises all of your overall, this is what it is, the next one. The seed of your attitude. Your thoughts will produce the attitude of who you are. What is my attitude towards this? What is my attitude towards work? What is my attitude towards that person? What is my attitude towards the homeless people? What is my attitude about this person in a, who has no wheelchair? What is my attitude? It's built on your thoughts. But your attitude then is your expression of those thoughts towards life. What is my attitude towards giving this morning? Oh, I don't want to give. Well, that's your choice. You don't have to. But can I have a different attitude that is his attitude towards this world? Do you see what I'm saying? It is the seed of your attitude. What's your attitude towards your husband or your wife? What is your attitude towards your boss? What is the attitude towards those who appear less than you? What is your attitude It is a seed that you will sow according to the flesh or to the spirit. So the seed of your attitude. The next one. Are you with me? Trying to get through these quick because I've got a great psalm at the end I want to share. That's what I want to share really. I like preaching. Next one. It's the seed of action. So I'm thinking. I'm cultivating my attitude. That's my view of the world and how God sees people. I'm meditating on him. Now my action will follow what my beliefs are. James says this, faith without works is dead. So there must be an action in my life. If I do not act on what he says, then my roots will not go into his word and it will not become a reality in my life. I'm just hearing the word, but I'm not doing it. I'm not forgiving. I'm not being generous. I'm not being kind. No, do it. And as you do it, God will become real in you and through you. I want to know God more. Do it then. Do the God thing. Don't just hear it, do it, and you'll see it work in you. I'm a bit, I I don't want to, I haven't got enough. Well, in him, you've got more than enough. Yeah, but I'm holding on to it. No, just just be, this is the way, just be a vessel through whom he can move. But if I don't want to act, nothing will happen. The seed of action. The fourth one. Are you still with me? The seed of prayer. The seed of prayer. You know, I believe I'm here today, yes, because it's God's will that I'm doing what I'm doing, but I believe me and Sarah here today doing what we do because we had parents and we had grandparents that prayed for us. Sarah's granddad was a lay preacher in the local area. My granddad was a lay preacher in the local area. We didn't really, Sarah knew that. I didn't. I was lost. I was completely lost and a drug addict and everything. It was a mess. But God somehow changed and changed my life and brought us together. And we're now leading church together. How has that happened? The seed of prayer. 
because grandparents were sowing, were sowing, were sowing according to the Spirit. And I believe, yes, we make a choice, but because of those prayers, we're here today. My granddad and her granddad, before we know each other, were, were friends in the local area, both preachers. What's the chance of that? I believe it's the seed of prayer. How are we going to see breakthrough? Seed of prayer. I messaged my friend in Uganda, we're going to see, when I got saved. I messaged him New Year's Eve, 11 o'clock. Hey, Moses, hope you're well. Looking forward to being with you, praying for you this year. He said, I'm still in church. It was 2 o'clock in the morning. We're praying the new year in. There was about 4,000 people there in the community praying. 4,000 church. How hungry are we for the word of God? How hungry are we see God move in this city? Are we hungry for him? Do we desire him above all things? Every month they have a nine o'clock till noon prayer meeting. Every Friday night, they are praying, praying, praying. They built schools, they built orphanages, they built universities on a national level. These guys hunger for it. The seed of prayer. What are you hungry for? Do you want to just build your own little life, make sure you're okay? Or do you want to be more expansive than that and see the God's will? I know what I want. Yes, build your life, that's okay, but there's more to life than you. God's kingdom, amen? The seed of prayer. Prayer meeting tonight. Are we going to come? Your choice, your beliefs, your attitude, your desire, your action, your desire to see God move in prayer. This is good, isn't it? And the fifth one, the seed of your decision. Your decisions. Your decisions matter, do they not? Decisions can have a big, big effect on people's lives, can they not? It's important to learn to do the right thing. Not just do anything, but to do the right thing. Because your choices will affect not only you, but it affects other people. What will I sow? Will I sow according to the spirit, which is love? Or will I sow according to the flesh, which is selfishness? It is the seed of decision. You know, if we make mistakes, what do we do? Because we're not perfect. We apologize to someone. Maybe you've made a mistake. Go and po- I'm sorry, I made a mistake. Apologize and model what it is to model humility. You know, what I find is this. Very often in life, when people are going through difficult times, they make wrong decisions. They make foolish decisions because very often it's painful, the situation that they're in. And what we want when we're in a painful situation is relief, do we not? So what we do is we think, how can I get out of this challenge? How can I get out of this pressure? How can I get out of this situation? It's too painful. So what we do is we say, I need to get out. I'm getting out of it. And they make wild decisions. They move or they leave church or they you know, move away from relationships they should be in. And they make, because... Very often, life isn't always easy, is it not? Life can be hard. People can be hard. John Maxwell says this. It's important not to make decisions in your valleys. You're to make decisions on the mountaintop. Why? Because on the mountaintop, it becomes clear why you went through the valley. But in the valley, it's not the time to quit. It's not the time to give up. It's the time to do the right thing. Now, sometimes, listen, there is a time to get out of things and we need wisdom. We need sound advice. You know, if you're in an abusive relationship, you don't just stay in it. 
you, you, but you don't just jump out, you need wisdom. So get sound advice, someone who's been through that valley and is on a mountaintop and can see how to help you get through your valley. You hear me? You're not just walking this walk alone. We're on discipleship, we're walking it together. So get sound advice. At the end of the day, it's your choice, you decide. It says if you leave those around you, when you're on it, if, if you don't leave in the valley, what happens is, what happens is you leave the people in a better place. If you jump out of the valley, usually it leaves the people worse and you're worse. So make the decision from the mountaintop. It's a better place, is it not? Very often when you're in the valley, you use negative, negative data rather than positive data. And this is what Maxwell says. He says this, you're more likely, right? You're more likely if you don't leave the valley. If you leave the valley, you'll jump from valley to valley. So if you leave the valley, you'll go to another valley. Have you ever found that? I go to another job. It was hard in that. I went to another job and it was all, it's all right for a bit. But then, oh man, it's the same valley. Same problem. Or maybe the problem's with not them. I'm just, just a thought. I'm in the valley. I'm going from valley to valley to valley. Maxwell says this. If you go from peak to peak, you more likely go from peak to peak. Because you don't quit. In other words, what you're to do in the valley is persevere. The lesson of the valley is perseverance. It's not quitting. If we're going to be rooted, what have I got to do? Persevere. Because God is at work in your life. And God is at work in your valley. And the chances are there's more fruit coming out of the valley than there is in the mountaintop. But I want the mountaintop. I want the relief. I want to be where God is. Yeah, but God's in the valley. And until you understand he's in the valley working, you're going to jump from valley to valley. I don't want this though. I want relief. No, no, no. God's working. God's working. I don't understand why it's happening like this. Well, neither do I. Just trust God. The valley is about perseverance. Why do we need perseverance? We need character. And God's into forming character, substance, so he can be, we can be faithful and reliable rather than jump ship every time it gets hard. Every time we hurt someone or take offense, no, no, we forgive one another. Did not he face the valley? Did he not persevere in the valley? Did he not model how to live in the valley? Yes, he was on the mountaintop at the end, and we all want that. We want resurrection power. Brilliant. But in the meantime, we have to learn his way and how to get through the valley like he got through the valley. So it's really important that we don't quit in the valley. Is this okay? I got 16 minutes. Right, I'm going to share my psalm. This is what I wanted to get to. I forgot to bring me, I forgot to bring me palm tree up at the beginning. I brought this as a seed. What is it? Is it a seed? Is it a nut or is it a fruit? Who thinks seed? Hands up. Come on. Listen, make a decision. Right? If it's wrong, you're not going into the life of destruction. This is not a flesh decision. This is just a bit of fun. Decision. Seed. Hand up. Okay. Hand up if you think it's fruit. Hand up if you think it's not. It is all three, right? So, I was going to throw it and catch. Who wants it? Who likes coconuts? Faith, you're making more noise than anyone. You want to catch? Listen, health and safety, Julie. Here we go. If it, if it hits. Yay, well done. So, can you just bring me that up? Sorry, I forgot to bring it up. I'm getting too excited. I want to share a psalm. This is, a, this is just a reminder of the seeds that you're putting into your life. 
This is a coconut seed. It's a coconut palm. It's a dwarf coconut palm, just to be clear. If it grows in my house, it's not going to grow as big as the other ones, apparently. It's a coconut. Who's ever seen one of these? Yeah. So I'm surprised how, like, the roots filling that. And most seeds go underground, don't they? But this one, it's on the top. I think this one gives us a bit of hope, by the way. You think, actually, I don't need to be that deep in order to start. Just start where I am. Just start, right? I'm not deep enough. No, just start. Just start thinking, right? Just start acting differently. Just start where you are, right? It's okay. Don't need to be deeper. Just need to start where I am. So Psalm 84, verses 5 to 7. I'm going to start off with this. It says, and I, I think in order to fulfill all of these seeds, what we need is the seed of faith. Because we can say, I'll make decisions, I'll do this, we'll do this, but life doesn't always work out the way we want it to do. But there is a seed, it's called the seed of faith. So we have to put our faith in God. And this is the one that will get you through your valley. This will get you through any situation. This, this is the one thing that we all need in life. Are you ready? This seed and thinking on what's true. And I'm going to give you some truth now. So I want you to go away on with this one seed throughout the year. Meditate it on it every day and believe it until it becomes real to you and you see the fruit. It says this, blessed are those whose strength is in you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you. I don't feel strong, but actually my strength is in you through faith. I'm going to choose in my weakness to choose that you are my strength. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. So on this example here, what's probably happening is they would take a a pilgrimage up to um, Jerusalem where the temple was certain times a year. It would be a festival and they are walking towards the temple where God is. Okay? Now God is everywhere, but he manifested himself particularly to Israel in the temple. So it says this, blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength. They go from peak to peak. They don't go from valley to valley. They pass through the valley. And they go from peak to peak, from strength to strength. They may be weak, but they are strong. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. See, we are all passing through this world right now. And one day we're going to be in a better place, are we not? But in the meantime, we're passing through. And at times, it's not always easy. It's hostile. We get hurt. It's difficult. Life is challenging. But those whose hearts are set, I'm going to be set on you. I'm going to be focused on your temple. I'm going to be focused on the God Almighty One. This is, this is the key with it. Are you ready? Go back to verse 1. How lovely, remember that, think on what's lovely. Oh, how lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow the least has found a home and a swallow and the swallow a nest for herself where she may have her young a place near your altar lord almighty my king and my god blessed are those who dwell in your house they are ever praising 
You know the word here, lovely. How lovely is your dwelling place? If you look at the original, I don't think this does it justice. It basically translates, the word as yadid in Hebrew. And it basically means this. While loved. So the place where God is, you are well loved. Are you hearing that? So the place where God is, almighty God, you are well loved. So, so my circumstances are what is telling me the value of my life, are they not? No. The place where God dwells is what tells me who I am. Are you hearing this? And so what does he say? He says, where I am, you are well loved. Jesus, when he was baptized, came out of the water and he went into some of his biggest challenges of temptation. God had to say to him, I'm well pleased with you, son. You are my beloved son. When you are tempted by other things and the other riches of the world and what the world wants to conform you to, this is greater than what they're offering you. This is way bigger than what they're offering you. He knew his presence in the Almighty One was more, more richer and deeper and everlasting and more joyful and more peace and more future than anybody could ever give him in this world. He says, that's what I desire. I desire the Father above all things. You see, when you're in your valley, the temptation is to look at your situation, your circumstances, and that gets your focus or your meditation, therefore your worry. If I don't get that, then I won't be loved. If I don't get that relationship, I won't be loved. If I don't get that job, then I will be undervalued. No, 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 that's your meditation. Your meditation is on the Almighty One. And in His presence, I am well loved. Have you got it? Have you got it? So what you meditate on daily will make you and help you to see life and how you get through things. You'll stay in the valley in all the situation, but if you look on the Almighty One, you'll go from the valley to the peak. And until you get that, I'm well loved. You'll keep looking. You'll keep searching. You'll keep looking in the flesh and it'll lead to damage and destruction. I'm not good enough. I'm not loved. No one likes me. You're destroying yourself. It's the flesh. Get in the spirit. Because the spirit says, I accept you. I invite you. You are more than enough. You are loved. Stop doubting my value. Now, where was the sparrow? Where Are you with me? Where is, I like preaching. Where was the sparrow? It says they were close to the altar. Even the least, the ones that are not, the the sparrow was the one that had very little value. If you bought a sacrifice, if you bought an offering to bring like a sparrow, it's got nothing to it, like a pigeon. So it was the least. And God saw the sparrow and gave it a place in the temple. In the temple, the birds to get in and find a way. And right by the altar, the place of sacrifice, the sparrow, the least, had a home. So every year that offering was given in Israel would realize God accepts us and loves us. We're still one with God. He's not given up on us. And we have a valued, valued sacrifice in the son, do we not? That's how valued you were when he gave his son and he poured out his blood on that sacrifice so that you, little sparrow and me, could come close to that altar and the blood of the Son would pour over us to show us how loved we are. When you doubt it, you say, no, the altar, the sacrifice was given for me. God made a way so his presence could come into my life. How? Through the forgiveness of sins. So the forgiveness of sin, you are forgiven. 
you now have access through faith in Jesus Christ and you can receive God's gift, his grace. It is available for anybody who believes. You go on a journey through whatever you go through. Say, each day I'm going to choose to believe this. I am in a renewal process. I have my learning plate on and I'm still learning to grasp the love of God. I am well loved. This, I believe, is the greatest seed that you can impart into your life through faith and believe it. I am well loved. Why isn't this going the way I wanted? Maybe God wants to teach you what's more important is relationship than him than your circumstance. That is the most, you see, it is the source of life. And without that, we don't really have life. But with him, we have life and eternal life and peace because of the blood makes us right with God. And where there's righteousness, there's peace. In his presence, there is fullness of joy. He delights in you. He likes you. He likes being with you. Yeah, I haven't got time. No, no. He likes you. He doesn't condemn you. He loves you and he invites you into relationships. Say, walk with me. Get to know me, the depth of my love for you. Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may have a young, a place near your altar. God has made a place for you through Jesus Christ. When you doubt that thought comes into your mind, say, no, I am considering his thoughts in his offering for me which is through Jesus Christ. Is that okay? You know, the Valley of Baca, they, they don't actually know, I've tried to look at it, they don't actually know where it was. Obviously, it was somewhere, and God knows where it was, but they don't know where it was. They think it translates more like this, the Valley of Tears. The Valley of Tears. You know, sometimes... Our hearts, they get hardened and they get hurt and we struggle to connect or feel that connection with God because of hurt and disappointment or things that happened. But if you look here in the Valley of Baca, it says they pass through the Valley of Tears and the Valley of Tears, the tears are what soften the ground. It's what, it's what reinvigorates the life within the soul of a person. When we will bring our pain and our disappointment and we come as we are to God and we're honest with him, we stop deceiving ourselves and say, no, no, we're not all right. Yeah, no, we're all right. No, you're not. You come as you are in your brokenness. Don't put a mask on. You come as you are with your tears. And when you come with your tears and you bring them, you're honest and you're real, it will soften your heart. It will make your heart more compassionate as you receive his love, his forgiveness, his healing, and your hearts will be changed, and you'll have a heart like he has. A heart that wants to say, hey, church, let's get some baby grows for them people. Hey, church, let's get them out the dirt and get some wheelchairs. Do you see what I'm saying? Because the heart is changed. Do not be deceived. A person reaps what they sows. I believe God wants to plant some seeds in your life this year. He wants to teach you and equip you to think on what's good as a seed. He wants to teach you to prayer and connect with him as a seed. He wants to teach you to make the right decisions. He wants to teach you that your attitude is right as you work through that. And he wants to teach you to act right. And I believe if you do these, you will reap and be successful. But I believe the source is in him. It's in Jesus the lover of your soul, the one who died for you and loves you 
and will never leave you or forsake you. That's why Romans, Paul got it, I believe, in Romans 8, uh, 20, Romans 8, 28, when he says this, in all things, God, he learned whatever he was going through, whatever his situation, whatever his circumstances, that God was his source. So in all things, I'm going to acknowledge God. When it's going good, I'm going to acknowledge God. When it's going bad, in all things, guess what? God. I don't understand it, God, but guess what? You're God. And I'm going to make sure that God, every time I'm going through each day and every moment, I'm going to say, God, I don't understand this, but teach me your ways. Help me, God, in my situation. Help to be my strength. Because that's where the blessing is. Jesus, I thank you that you went through the valley and you give us the strength to go through it. Jesus, I just want to pray. I think we're going to, we're going to take an offering in a minute, but I just want to worship Jesus first. Is that okay? You know, some of you may be hurting. You may, you know, have things happen to us in life and, you know, you're in a process of forgiving people and processing that pain. But I want to encourage you, when you're in that pain, when you're in that disappointment, the best thing you to do, to do is to come to God. Don't run away from him. He's big enough to help you and to comfort you and protect you. You know, we've got a worship night tonight. I'm believing for people to get healed. I really am. You know, there's nothing shameful about being in pain. We think we've got to hold it all together and, you know, be successful. You know, especially as men, we've got to be strong. We've got to be tough. We've got to show our strength. No, we've got to show our honesty and our vulnerability. Life is hard, is it not? So I really feel as people, maybe tonight you come, there's going to be prophetic words. People are going to get healed. God wants to do something. So I'm not going to do an invite now, but I'm, you know, later if, that, if that's for you, then you know, please come along. I want to pray for people tonight. But at this moment, I just want to pray for people in here to rest in this truth that God says, you are well loved. And take that seed with you. Whatever you're going through, plant it in your heart, in your mind every day as a declaration, as a truth that you are while love. Don't be defined by situation or circumstances. Be defined by the word of God that says you are well loved. So Father, we pray right now. Come on, church, let's stand as a response to Jesus. You know, I've given you some tools, some ideas on what you can think on and sow into your life. I don't know what's challenged you, but you know yourself where God is calling you. You know where you're at right now. We're all in different places. But the one truth I believe is the truth that we're loved. And we have to do that by faith. We have to choose that God loved us. He sent his one and only son for us. You know, if you're here and you don't know God, then opportunity after, please come and speak to me. I'd like to introduce you to Jesus for the first time. But for the rest of us, I want to pray that God would be your strength. He would be your source. When you're weak, you can declare that I am strong, that his word is enough for me. Make him your source. Heavenly Father, I pray for everybody here. God, I pray that by your word, you would reveal yourself. As they meditate on your word, as they read scripture throughout the week, Lord, you would reveal yourself, the depth of your love to them and remind them, Lord, that they're going through the valley. They're not remaining in the valley. They're going through the valley. And Father, I pray that as they encounter you, you would fill their hearts and it would overflow 
into the lives of others. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's worship Jesus. I'm going to come up after and tell you where we're going to give this morning to. Thank you.